Welcome, welcome. You're tuned in to Session Conversation, NFL Podcast, Episode 5, The Vegas Scoop. I am OG Flowers, joined once again by the Lip Service and AJ Scoop. How we feeling this week, fellas? Feeling good. Got a little momentum after last week. Murdered it on the uh, NFL Sunday. And uh, excited to, uh, you know, be challenged this week. This is a tough card. Yeah, I had a really good week last week. Sorry to uh, all of my listeners that had me... uh, Praise about Detroit minus three being my play of the week. That was a loser. Got extremely lucky last week on Tampa Bay plus four and a half uh, with a great uh, backdoor cover. Had a chance to win the game. Hit Indianapolis minus three. That was a good winner. Washington pick. They controlled the Giants. And Carolina plus two at home. Was an easy winner against Baltimore. Four and one on the week. Moved up to 26-11 and three. And let's keep it rolling. Yeah, myself, I uh, was a 4-1 as well. Had Tampa Bay with you, uh, Chicago. Got me to 21-18 uh, and 18 overall now. 21-19. Two games above 500. 21-19 nice, nice overall. So uh, creeping back into things. Yeah, good work. All right, well, let's keep momentum going. Uh, Jumping to week nine. For this week, we're going to switch it up and touch on every game. Uh, first up, we got Detroit Lions going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, where Minnesota is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Scoop, how we feeling? I think um, when you look at this game, you got a Minnesota team that coming into the season, um, you know, a lot of people expected them to be a 12-13 win team like they were last year, and it's just not the case. You know, you got an offensive line that's a little shoddy. Um, Steph Diggs isn't 100%. Wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play if he doesn't. That, that will definitely put Detroit on my card for sure. To me, this is a coin flip type game. Going to come down to the wire. Two teams that desperately need this game. I think this game's decided by a field goal. This number, open six, came down a little bit. Completely understand why. Um, you know, Minnesota's not a team that is really built to blow you out. They, they have some holes. They're beat up. And, uh, you know, with a backdoor quarterback like Matt Stafford, even if you're down 10 late, you're not done. His Golden Tate trade, don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Detroit's pretty deep at receiver. Could give uh, Kenny Galladay a little bit more uh, room to shine. But I think this game's played in the high 20s. I think it's decided by a field goal. And I think the number's too high. Yeah, um, this game's not going to be on my card. I do think it opened six and a half instead of six. Um, Minnesota has a lot of injuries. Um, And for all you listeners out there this week, this time of the uh, season, injuries are, are key for plays, and uh, the the Vikings have more than Detroit. Now, you did mention that Golden Tate's moved uh, onto a new team, which I think may be a good thing for Detroit. I think they can go uh, too wide, you know, set up uh, maybe two tight ends coming in, a little bit more protection for Stafford, and um, let him use his talent down the field. Minnesota still does not have Delvin Cook back. I there's no consistency at the running game, you know, for me. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, he was hot. He uh, he was dominated in the last game against New Orleans. And um, I don't see Minnesota as a, a top-tier flying team at this uh, this point of the season. Four and a half seems like a lot of points here. I could see the dog winning this game outright. Um, that being said, uh, Minnesota, you know, with Diggs uh, dinged up, you know, that puts extra pressure on Thielen. They haven't gotten the tight end involved. Um, some experts do like Minnesota. Uh, I don't. Um, I would favor Detroit here, but I'm staying off of it. That's my opinion. Yeah, don't love the spot for either team, but like I said, I just think it's too many points. All right, next up, let's tackle uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Cleveland Browns. We got Face Tap Pat going to take on the huge Jacksonless Browns with KC as an eight-point chalk. Lip service, how we feeling? Yeah, I, um, I like Kansas City in this game in teasers only. Uh, minus two is uh, a great play. Um, I would use them. I trust. Uh, I trust um, Kansas City's offense moving on the road this uh, this week. Um, there's no question that Mahomes is playing at uh, the absolute highest of levels and has the weapon trees to uh, to go along with it. Um, Kansas City may uh, get back Justin Houston this week for an outdoor game at Cleveland, which will help. Um, Cleveland still offensively is uh, very. Uh, dismal um baker mayfield has gone through a a 
what seems like an NFL season already in his uh, in his rookie season. Uh, it's halfway through, and he's he's having trouble walking around. I feel bad for the guy. Um, Cleveland has totally shook up things um, in the coaching staff on the offensive side <clears throat> with Todd Haley getting the exit and uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, Kansas City is just, I mean, like I said, a machine. I mean, eight is a lot of points in this game to be laying on the road, but if they come out and have a good first half, it's certainly not enough. Um, again, Kansas City minus two for me in teasers is an absolute play, um, but I'll be staying off it on the card. Yeah, my power ratings made this game uh, Kansas City minus five, so we have a lot of line value with Cleveland going over the six and the seven. And to me, this game is a great spot for Cleveland. You know, you fire your coach that clearly anyone that watched Hard Knocks knows this dude is um, a borderline moron. He's not a leader. He wasn't very likable. Um, this new offense coordinator, Freddie Hitchens, um, only hear great things about him. I think he's going to get more Duke Johnson more involved. I think we could see a monster day from Nick Chubb. This is the type of game for Kansas City that you just want to escape. You know, you're seven and one. You're fighting to hang on to the AFC home field advantage. I don't think this team plays Houston. I uh, don't see Barry playing. Tyree Kill, if he sat, wouldn't be shocked. Um, this is an escape game for Kansas City, and this is an all-in game for Cleveland. Um, a little back history with the two quarterbacks, both played at Texas Tech together. Um, Patrick Mahomes forced Mayfield to transferred Oklahoma pretty ridiculous that uh, Mahomes ended up going 10th over on the draft and wasn't a bona fide number one pick still don't understand that but both these quarterbacks they played each other in college they played in a uh, 66 to 59 shootout they know each other they're both going to be fired up to outplay each other I think Cleveland we get a great effort I think they control the ball running the ball against the defense in Kansas City that's dead last in the NFL giving up .3 yards more than the next closest team um, and I think this is going to be a battle. I think teasers are going to come down to the wire. Wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland won the game outright. Wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City won by one. But this is going to be a, a, a dog fight at the dog pound, and uh, give me the eight. <clears throat> yeah, you said this is a make-or-break game for Cleveland. Make-or-break for what? I mean, for a draft pick? They're not making the playoffs, so let's start right there. Um, you know, I didn't say make-or-break. I said it's an all-in performance. Yeah, all-in game for them? It's an all-in game. Okay. Yeah, you got your new coach. You know, you're fired up, um, and you're playing against a defense that's not just bad; they're really bad. Yeah, but but Cleveland's offense is really bad. They are, but they one thing that they can do a little bit is run. Um, and the one weakness that can't that Cleveland has is they have no left tackle. They can't protect the passer. Mayfield's running for his life. Well, guess what? Kansas City's not a very good team to to rush the passer. So after playing. Cleveland's played against. Have you been watching Kansas City? <laughs> they can't. They don't get. No, I mean, have you been watching them? Yeah, they're the most complete offense in all of football. I'm talking in defensively. the whole in New Orleans, the Rams, I New England. I expect Kansas Can City has the best offense. I expect Kansas City to put about 28 up on the Cleveland defense. That's top five. Um, Is Higgins playing this week? No, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Chubb runs for about a buck fifty on Sunday. Okay, so you just think it's a ball control offense? Ball, ball control game. Kansas City's just Cleveland's not, defense plays can, well. Kansas they have, City's going to be corners. I think Kansas City's going to be a little bored. Just you know, uh, up to Cleveland, seven to one. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a long muddy NFL season. I, I don't think we get okay, the best. We don't see eye to eye there. I That's fine. I don't think we get the best effort from Kansas City okay, Sunday. No problem. I believe that was the Chiefs' first time not covering the spread this season. Last week, uh, it was minus eight. Lost twenty uh, one twenty three to thirty. Yeah. All right, well, moving on, we have uh, going to the AFC North Clash of Division Rivals, where the Ravens are three-point chalk going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Scoop, how are we feeling? Take this one. This is a good game. Um, it'll be fun to watch. Ben's had his issues at Baltimore. Um, Jimmy Smith will be back for this game. He was not there in the first one. I think that's a big deal in this game, going up against AB. But at the end of the day, um, Live service, you and I, we already we already played Pittsburgh at plus three, expecting this line to drop. Um, it is three on the card. Pittsburgh's flirting with making my top five. Doesn't completely feel right. It, it is a better spot for Baltimore a little bit. They're in a buy-low spot, you know, bounce back at home where they play much better. But at the end of the day, this is a passing league. And, you know, John Brown, he's a great, pretty good receiver. But, you know, Crabtree is just not really giving them much. 
Um, Sneed's not giving them much. And you look at this Pittsburgh weaponry. You know they got the they just have better weapons. Um, offensive lines playing a little bit better than Baltimore's is. And this Pittsburgh defense has woken up lately. And when you talk about health for this game, Baltimore's got a lot of pieces that are that are banged up. C.J. Mosley. I mean, it's a long list of questionable guys. So we'll see who ends up playing, who doesn't. But I think Pittsburgh's a little bit healthier. Um, and this is a bit of a revenge game from the Sunday night game where Pittsburgh just, I mean, really they should have lost by 30 if it's not for Alex Collins fumbling at the one. Um, that first matchup, Pittsburgh, they did not show up at all. So, you know, Baltimore manhandled them the first game. I think we see a completely different Pittsburgh team that's starting to get a little bit more comfortable now with this new offensive coordinator. Uh, had another slow start last week against Cleveland, but like I said, passing league, Big Ben and those weapons. Pittsburgh in the three, I think, is the right side. And uh, <clears throat> we were on Baltimore in that first game. That was one of our stronger plays. And um, boy, have things changed. You know, Le'Veon Bell in the, the locker room with the offensive line, everybody pointing fingers. They weren't a team. They are a team right now, and they're a team that is to be reckoned with. They have an offense that can move the ball at will at times. Their defense has come a long way. They're playing a lot better. Joe Hayden um, is healthy now. He's been outstanding in that defense. They still make some blunder plays on weird plays that are kicked down the field. They don't know who's supposed to pick yeah, that, it up. That was absurd. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> but hopefully they can clean those types of things up. But this is a this is a difficult week. There's six teams on the buys this week, and in the contest that we're in, we have to pick five against the spread. And these games are traditionally very close. I do agree with Pittsburgh's had their difficulties traveling to Baltimore, but a lot of teams have. And um, Pittsburgh's just playing better football right now than, than than Baltimore is. Baltimore, to me, has some of the the uh, the worst running backs in all of football. I mean, they 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 don't get much production out of them. They're not very talented. They br- they brought in Montgomery from Green Bay should help out, but like you said, they're offensively their their wide receivers are are not playing at a high level. You have guys like Michael Crabtree Tree that have good hands. They are veterans that know how to play, but when you have multiple knee surgeries, you slow down in this league. You just don't you don't get faster throughout the course of a season, and I don't see him getting any better throughout the the course of the season. Joe Flacco has, uh, you know, has played okay, but then the defense is outstanding for Baltimore. I think they'll be good in this game. But as you said before, you know, plus three on the card with either team possibly winning the football game, and you're giving me a field goal. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Little tidbit, James Conner has 922 scrimmage yards this season. Only player with more through seven games is Le'Veon Bell. He had 938 in 2014. Pretty interesting stuff there. Yeah, no, Conner's playing great. Guy runs hard. Um, I love their offensive line. I I think Pittsburgh's offensive line, a lot of players could play behind them. And let me say one last thing about uh, James Conner. He's playing outstanding. And, you know, everyone's going to say he's an all-pro and these types of things. But I wanted to let you think about one thing. You bring Le'Veon Bell in, okay? You put him in the eye, you put him in the slot. You can put him outside the numbers, you can put him wherever. This guy is mismatches left and right. So this team moving forward for you guys out there that want futures, get on Pittsburgh because if they get Le'Veon Bell back, their offense is as good as anybody's. Well, I'm glad you brought up Connor because he's had some great matchups lately. Um, Cleveland can't stop the run. Atlanta didn't have Jared. They can't stop the run. Cincinnati didn't have Vigil. Um, They can't stop the run. This will be the first time that I think the running game for Pittsburgh and Marcus Gilbert the right tackle he's questionable didn't play last week as well didn't matter as much against Cleveland but if I don't expect Pittsburgh to really have that much success running the ball in this game Ben's gonna have to be vintage Ben and to 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 win this game and you know between Flacco and Ben you know those are two tough guys to figure out kind of up and down but uh I do not expect Connor to do what he's no. been doing lately. This is this is by far the toughest matchup he's had in the last month. This game comes down to the two quarterbacks and the special teams. Just turnover. This is going to be a turnover battle game. All right, uh, let's move along. Next up, uh, we have the Carolina Panthers, who are rolling along nicely, taking on the Tampa Bay uh, and the return of Fitzmagic. Carolina is a six-point favorite. Uh, Winston was benched after his fourth interception. Pick six, 10 interceptions in four games. Fitz had two touchdowns, 11 for 15, 194 yards, 154.9 passer rating. Um, how are we feeling about this, Lil? Well, <clears throat> every time Tampa Bay, you know, switches quarterbacks, they seem to screw it up. Um, they, 
You could, you know, I mean, it, it, is it, you know, it has to be something to do with coaching because there's Dirk Carter. I think this guy gets more, you know, passes than um, anybody I've ever seen. Since he's come into the franchise for Tampa Bay, they've gotten worse. Um, if you watch Hard Knocks last year, you know, he, there's not much of a relationship between him and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is the type of player that has to play freely. He turned it over in college, but he has to play his own, you know, style. You can't try and robotically have this guy come in. Now you bring in Fitzpatrick, which is, you know, that's fine, but you know, I mean, we've we already know what he is. You know what I mean? So and they're going into play at Carolina, which I don't know if you've been watching. This team is playing with a ton of energy. Um Tampa Bay, at, you know, Mike Evans is not going to be 100% this week. He probably will play, but Mike Evans not at 100% is a, it, you know, that's a that's a tough one to overcome in this game. And for all you true experts that really know football, uh, Carolina's offensive line the last five years has been terrible. Well, I don't know what they've done down in Carolina or what they're feeding them. This offensive line is playing outstanding. I have never seen Cam Newton stand up wanting to get into more uh, bootlegs, run the ball more, because he's not even getting hit. And normally he's getting hit probably more than four quarterbacks combined on a Sunday. So um, kudos to the offensive line for Carolina. Um, This line has come down a little. They opened at six. They moved it up to seven for the experts to take Tampa Bay. That's fine. They can have them. Um, I actually played Carolina in teasers, which you could probably get plus a point right now. It doesn't quite fit my system, but... um, I like it enough to play it because I think Tampa Bay is going to turn over the ball in this game. And I think Carolina is going to control the the clock and control uh, we know what Tampa Bay's defense is. This game is not going to make my card with the number, but Carolina and teasers is a strong, not a strong play, but I do like it. With this game, I think the most important variable is does Carolina, that's a little cocky, look ahead to Thursday night when they play at Pittsburgh? If they come out and they're focused, and you know, last week they were in a great spot against Baltimore, coming off their, you know, brutal loss to New Orleans. All Car- the experts love Baltimore. Carolina was com- well. The experts don't pay attention to the spot very often then, because Carolina was coming off the 21 point fourth quarter comeback against Philly, and uh, this week the spot, you know, Tampa Bay is not in a great spot, but they they do have a little bit of offensive momentum carryover after that second half against Cincinnati, but. Carolina offensively is locked in, and they take this one game at a time like a professional would. Um, This Tampa Bay defense is the worst in the NFL against the pass and one of the worst in the last 30 years against the pass. They're bottom three in secondary coming into the season. They're banged up. Say it again. They're they're without their leader on defense, Quan Alexander. Not the best player, but he's a a great communicator. We saw last week in the first half against Cincinnati, his loss really does matter. Once again, this Tampa Bay defense, we saw it against Pittsburgh on Monday night. They make adjustments at halftime. They've done it a couple times this season. Now, as far as Tampa Bay on offense, you know, I I think this team's still better with with Winston. It was a windy game against Cincinnati. Got a couple passes, went away from him, didn't quite feel comfortable. Um, But, you know, maybe this team just likes Fitzmagic a little bit more because they seem to play with a little bit more energy when he's on the field. Um... Carolina's pass defense is very vulnerable. This is a bad matchup with these Tampa Bay receivers, Godwin, Deshaun, uh, Mike Evans, if he does play. This game has potential shootout written all over it. I think these Tampa Bay games are going to continue to go over. The The market has not adjusted as enough as, as, enough as it should. Um, but this game ultimately comes down to does Carolina come out focused? That, to me, is anyone's guess. And... Uh, tough game. Yeah, I do agree with you. Uh, if Carolina does have one weakness, it is uh, in the secondary. So, you know, obviously Tampa Bay is probably going to do a lot of five wide. You know, Ronald Jones is out. Not that a, that's a big deal. But, um, yeah, I do expect them to spread them out. And, you know, Fitz has, you know, proven, and Tampa Bay has proven as well, that they can move the ball down the, the field through the air. So, you know, if they get off to a quick start, you know, they could be in this game. But I do think, you know, on the other hand, this time at a season two, some of these, you would you would probably agree that, Scoop, you would probably agree that Tampa Bay's season is somewhat over. They're not making the playoffs, right? Um, In that division with New Orleans and Carolina. You know, Carolina. obviously they're not drawing dead. I don't. No, I don't, they're not drawing dead. But I, I, this yeah, no, the, I, I don't think they're in a hopeless spot by any means. Yeah, you know, this is. Like, like, for example, the Miami game we're going to touch on soon. Like, I think Miami at this point has kind of accepted, like, 
this season's kind of hopeless now. Tampa Bay's got a little bit more hope. You know, they're still sitting at three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, you pull off the upset here, now you're back to 500 without playing, you know, with that schedule that they started the season with. Yeah, like their defense is tough, though. But my, my original point was going to be this is the time of the season that, you know, teams come together. You know, so the spots and stuff like that, I agree. But it's starting to, you know, unfold. Some of the teams are going to be out. Some of the teams are really fighting. And I see Carolina just continuing to fight. Uh, you know, they don't need excuses for, you know, we're tired or we've been on the road coming back, this kind of stuff, whatever. And Tampa Bay is still trying to figure things out. They're joggling stuff. There's finger pointing and stuff like this. So I want the better team in this game instead of the possible potential better offense. Yeah, this is Tampa Bay's fourth row game in five weeks. Um, it's got to be tough. Got to be tough living that way. All right, so next up we have Miami Dolphins hosting the New York, New York Jets with Miami Post as a three-point favorite. Lip, how we feeling? Yeah, this game, um, unless something strangely does happen, this game is going to be on my card. Um, it's going to be the Dolphins minus three. Uh, we saw the Jets go into Chicago last week, and uh, they looked like a, you know, a, a college um, offense. Their offense is really struggling. I've been saying for weeks that ever since they lost Quincy Inouye, that that's been a gigantic difference maker for that offense in the run game, in the passing game, in the huddle, um, and offensively the Jets right now are a mess. Robbie Anderson might come back. He's a little flasher that runs around, doesn't do anything fantastic. Blau Powell a couple weeks ago um, is out on IR. Um, Sam Darnold is in a you know rookie season here with not a lot of weapons. Um, and on the defensive side of the ball, the Jets played pretty decent in Chicago. They have a pretty good defense. You know, they're going to be in games. Um, that Now let's move over to Miami. Miami got, you know, buried in Houston, in which was a gigantic game for Houston. Um, they, they lost by a bunch of points, but they were moving the ball at times in that game. Um, and I do see at home they should be able to do the same. They have a couple running backs. They're um, switching in, in and out uh, with Gore and uh, such on. Devontae Parker came back in that Houston game and looked outstanding. I mean, this is the guy that they drafted early. I mean, this guy's got a lot of talent. Uh, Move over to the offensive, uh, the quarterback position for Miami. I really don't think it matters who starts. Um, I think their offense can generate some um, points and yards at home in this game. Um, I do trust the coaching staff of Miami to, you know, employ a good game plan here. The offensive line with Tunsil. Should be okay. So I think Miami, for me, minus three is going to be a play on the card for me. Yeah, this game is, uh, you know, a classic week nine NFL game that's all about the injury report. Jets have been banged up the past two weeks. I faded them. They're getting healthier this week. Miami on the other side, looks like they're going to be without a couple of key pieces in the secondary. Um, Sam Donald's a better quarterback than Brock Osweiler. Um, they're getting three points. I think the Jets is the right side. This is not a uh, complicated handicap. Um, both games kind of in a both teams in a bounce back spot. Jets have been in a you know just brutal schedule so far. Like I don't think any teams had worse spots consistently than the Jets this season. And uh, you know we've seen we've had some, some good moments from from Darnold in this offense. A noon will coming back would be a big deal. Um, overall, low twenties type game. I think the Jets pull off the upset. Miami season's done. Well, plus three, I can see taking that. But these te- these teams already played early in the season in New York, and Miami buried them early. And you know, in that game, Miami won twenty eight twenty. Jets outgained them by like a one point five yards. Well, when per you're play. playing from behind, scoop, you're always going to get more yards. They were up no, big not, early. Not just that. The, the game was decided by um, rookie turnovers from Darnold. Um, well, he's still a rookie, isn't he? he had, he's field. not playing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah, but he's not They're, playing. He's going to turn the ball over in this game. But he's not playing against Tannehill this time. He's playing against Osweiler. Darnold's doesn't better. matter who they're playing at quarterback. They're both the same type of player. It's the system. Miami has a good defense at home. Give me the better quarterback, the healthier team, and the three points. Well, I, I, Sam Darnold hasn't proved that he's a great quarterback in this league at all, and he hasn't proved that he's any better than either of Miami's I don't think he's great. Mind. I think he's better than Brock. Okay, that's fine. But, I mean, did you watch the Jets' offense last week? Yes, they were without their center, all their receivers, and they were playing against They're Chicago. Out without Powell, at you know, Chicago in 20-mile-an-hour wins. It was a terrible Chicago spot. Oh, Chicago's a superstar team now. Chicago was on my card last week for a reason. Okay. I like it. Let's move along. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Washington Redskins hosting the Atlanta Falcons in our nation's capital as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
How are you feeling, Scoop? Take this one. Yeah, with Washington and Atlanta, um, this is a game where if Jordan Reed doesn't get more involved in the offense, Washington needs to get their head examined. Adrian Peterson's bailed him out this year. This guy's running like he's 26 again. Um, with his age, I don't know how long that continues. At a certain point, your body just can't maintain the same level of energy. Alex Smith needs to be better. These receivers for Washington have to step up without Crowder. Um, Dodson's just, I don't think he's a professional. Um, can't create separation. Has all the all the tools, but just can't get it together. This is a game where Paul Richardson's going to be needed. Atlanta, without potentially Robert Alford, their top corner, on top of all with it being out the safeties and everybody else we've touched on, with Grady Jarrett back in the mix, I think this run defense will be okay here today in this game. This is a game where Alex Smith has to make plays to cover. Jordan Reed needs about eight, nine catches. Um, you know, and as far as this Atlanta offense, I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park by any means for them that has had a lot more success in the dome than they have had outside. Julio Jones is still one of the best receivers in the league. That matchup with Josh Norman will probably decide this game. Haha, Clinton Dix coming in to, to pair up with Another top safety, um, can't remember his name, but Washington is a complete defense. They can now stop the run. They're shutting teams down at home. This defense has Alabama talent in the front four. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I don't think this is your standard Atlanta 30-something, 30-something game where we've been on these overs week in and week out. I think this is a low 20s game where both teams are controlling the clock and – Another game very similar to the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game where I think the team that wins the turnover battle and the little things happen good for them ends up winning the game. If Washington does win this game, expect the media to really, really jump on the bandwagon. Well, the first thing that you said that most people, except for the true experts, really know is that Washington's defense at home is something to be reckoned with. And Matt Ryan is going to get knocked around in this game. Matt Ryan is going to be in a you know stadium that he doesn't play in with often. Um, Mohamed Sanu is uh, dinged up. You know he's a good blocker. He's you know he's not a hundred percent. I do expect Alex Smith with his um, veteran uh, brain and in, in leadership to use his legs in certain situations in this game. I do. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, Reed should get involved. I don't think Thompson's 100% with those ribs. And there's no question, like you said, that Adrian Peterson's been the MVP of this team so far. Uh, Atlanta, I don't trust. I don't trust uh, their defense one bit. I don't trust their running game one bit. Uh, I don't trust um, their kicking game at this point with Bryant maybe not playing. And Washington's been underestimated at home. I think I've used them every game on the card the last at least three or four games and won easily with them at home every single game. And Washington is going to be on my card. The only major concern I have for Washington is Williams, the uh, the left tackle. He's got a, a thumb injury. He hasn't been practicing. I don't know the severity of um, if it's a surgery type of thing or whatever, if they can cast it up or do something with that or whatever. But that is a, a, a major concern for me for Washington, Trent Williams. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I just don't see this game. This should be a three, three-and-a-half, even four-point spread in my mind, and they have the line at about one-and-a-half Washington, and I just don't fi- – I can't figure out why they're not more of a favorite in this game. What is Atlanta on the road like it, it, you said? All, all it, well, I mean, Washington doesn't blow teams out, so. But I mean. they win comfortably in, it, at home against the spread every time they play. First off, in a game like this, kicking is going to be very important. I like Washington's kicker, and and uh, you know Atlanta is playing with the backup, but you know we saw him on Monday night too. He's no slouch. But this is a typical buy low, sell high spot. It appears to look like one, with Washington being four and one in their last five, and Atlanta being one and four in their last five. But the 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 public 
still looks at the name on the jerseys and the quarterbacks and the flashy names like Julio Jones. So I still think this is a spot where— But Norman's where, played with him with Carolina. He knows him as well, too. I'm not saying that, you know, but he's familiar with him, too. Why, why, why that tone? I'm giving you a good point for No, your, I, for but your, I, your I, I'm, I'm aggravated about this because home field advantage should be worth three points, give or take, right? Well, I'm Depending gi- on where you're playing. You asked the question, I'm giving you the answer. No, but I'm Perception. telling you, you're not telling me to bet The public Atlanta. likes to bet on fancy offenses— that score points. Well, and they should this league. And Washington's this. right, and Washington's just not one of them. Washington is an old classic ball control offense that wins 21-17, and I think that's another type of game where we see here. Okay, that's I fine. I think Washington's the right side, but it's a tough game to touch. Okay, but Atlanta's been like we've said all year on the defensive side, they lost great players. You know, now they, you know, yeah, they're no, if Robert Alford is the difference maker to where I might play, play Washington. Well, of course, but now you're looking at Devontae Freeman. He's a good player He's that on IR. I know, but another player that you take out of the piece on offense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like where, where is Atlanta going to just generate all this offense at a very good Washington defense? This team's no, playing with emotion at home. They have stars on this defense. The, the, the one positive for Atlanta's defense is you're coming off the bye week, two weeks to prepare, all in performance. This, I mean, do you it, think do you, if Atlanta wins, you're four and four, you're back in the mix, you lose your three and five, and your season's over. So we're getting all in Atlanta. Do you think Atlanta. Matt Ryan's going to sit back there and sh- gym shorts and throw all day? They're going to knock all. him around. I agree. Okay, well, but we'll this s- this is an all in performance for Atlanta, and, and in Washington's in a. Let's just keep Washington you know, finding with a way Alex to win. Smith's legs and the, and mind will move the ball consistently and keep that Atlanta offense off the field. Washington's far from a a, a great bet, but it's solid. Okay. Uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, I did say that Atlanta was zero and two on the road, so they're going in without a win on the road. And like you did say, Washington is good on the road. Clint's uh, at yeah, home. Clint's going to play. Haha, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. I think I think Clint Dix will play for them. I'm sure he will. Okay. I think the guy you were talking about is DJ Swearinger on the other side. I forget. It's a safety. I forget his name. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very good. All right, let's move along. Next up, we had the Chicago Bears heading to Buffalo. Take on the Bills as a 10-point road chalk. Lip, how are you feeling about them Buffalo boys? Well, I mean, I don't think you could say I feel very good about Buffalo. I mean, offensively, they they've been at an all-time low for, you know, since whatever the decades before, whatever the stats are. It's, it's terrible. They have three quarterback, I think, passes for the season. Uh, four wide receivers in the league have thrown touchdowns, and, I mean, it's just it's, it's abysmal on offense. Mm. That being said, their defense at home especially is outstanding. Brady was struggling mightily in the Monday night game at Buffalo. Buffalo defensively, one of the best units in all of football. I know it sounds silly, because they're probably the worst team in the game. And now no Kyle Long. Yeah, I mean, a huge, you know, Kyle Long is a, you know, a, a really good guard in this league. He's not going to play in this game. And, you know, Chicago's offense, to be laying 10 points at Buffalo? I mean, what happens if Buffalo goes up 3 nothing? What if they go up 7 nothing? you got to cover a 17, 13-point spread on the road when Buffalo's just not giving up a lot of points? I mean, it's crazy. That being said, I... I, I don't know if I can put Buffalo on the card. I mean, can they even score in the game? Chicago's got a good defense. I mean, Khalil Mack is from Buffalo. I mean, he obviously wants to show, you know, everybody what he's made of, although he is dinged up. Expect him to play not at 100%. But I don't think Chicago has to be at 100% in this game. Um, you know, Buffalo is offensively is just very difficult. It's hard to watch them. You know, I mean, it's uh, their best player on offense, or well, maybe not on, you know, with McCoy, but Josh Allen's not going to play again because of that elbow. Um, now you bring in Peterman that has burned a bridge times a million in that city. Now you got to put him back at home for everybody to, to cheer for him. But here's the great thing of it. Buffalo's fans are some of the most loyal in the world. They will be at that game supporting the Bills 100%. And Chicago's got to lay double digits on the road. They couldn't even beat Miami on the road. Um, you know, and now they're going to come into Buffalo against a better defense than Miami's, if you know, maybe comparable. I mean, they can't score. I just think it's too many points in this game. I expect the number throughout the week to come down to put Chicago in teasers if that's what you like. If you like Buffalo, take the 10 now. It's just a very hard game to figure out with the 37 total. Buffalo, can they get to double digits? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough game to call. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, game of just quarterback infrastructure and what you have around you. Because I mean, you could put one, you could put 
some of the league's best quarterbacks in Buffalo, and they're going to struggle. This is this is just a tough spot to be in. You lost three Pro Bowl offensive linemen from last year. You have no receivers that can create any separation. And uh, going into the season, I was expecting Nate Peterman to make everybody that laughed at him last year after the five interception game against the Chargers pay for it. Um, I see a guy that's got a decent arm. Um, he clearly doesn't love the game very much, which to be a quarterback and be successful, you have to love the game and do the little things, and he clearly doesn't do that. But if there was ever, I mean ever, in the, in the three years of me studying this league inside and out, a quarterback who had more to prove on a Sunday than Nathan Peterman, I don't remember one, because the media, I mean, it, it has become a laughingstock of Nate Peterman jokes, and deservedly so this year. It's just been you know, pick sixes and, and bad decisions. And like I said, he's not in the best situation, but, you know, you look at these two quarterbacks and Mitch Trubisky's, he's just not good enough to lay 10 points on the road. If this ball, if the Chicago defense doesn't score, um, you know, this is a low total. I think this, this game will, I, I think this game stays under points will be at a premium. Um, but overall with the 10 points, and just a little fluky thing here and there. I, I lean to Buffalo. I don't think I can play it. You know, Chicago. You know, the, the offense just doesn't have enough firepower. But I can see this game being. No, Allen Robinson's not a hundred percent, and he's I, supposed to be a number one too. I can see seventeen-seven type of game. Um, I, I I lean. I like the under um, as far as the sides are concerned. Not much of an opinion. Yeah, Trubisky's been solid running the ball. You know, that's been, you know, a component to that offense, you know, that, you know, helps that offense. And Buffalo's defense is going to knock him around in this game. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they, Jerry Hughes is a really good pass rusher. Uh, you know, Troy Davies, White, second year out of LSU, should be on the Pro Bowl. I mean, the guy is awesome. Um, and the defense is just, you know, is, is solid. So 10 points just is a lot of points here. All right, we can move along. I know Tr- uh, Tremaine Edmonds was on uh, this list. Yeah, well, list. he's got a concussion. He may not play. Okay, that might be big. Um, all right, move along. Next up, we had the Houston Texans traveling to the Mile High, take on the Broncos, where Denver is a one-point chalk. Scoop, take the mic. Which one we on? We're talking about the uh, Denver and uh, Houston Texans going to uh, Denver. All right, Denver, Houston. You know, Houston. They're going for their sixth straight win, coming off their bye week. Now, it could be a situation where the momentum kind of kills him a little bit, but to me, the key to this game is is the trade during last week of a receiver from Denver going to Houston. And he's a receiver that I don't I – mean, apparently he's a good locker room guy, but talent-wise, not a big fan of him. Um, Demarius Thomas, this, this Houston offense, Will Fuller, just quietly, I mean, borderline superstar numbers. I mean, this guy takes the top off the defense. All of his drop issues he had in college seem to have gone away. And uh, – you know, when he's on the field between him and Hopkins, when Watson's playing with some confidence, it's just a tough offense to stop. Now, Denver's a really tough place to play. Denver's in a game that you know we're gonna find out where the season goes. And very, you know, this is this is a like a, this is a float or break week for a lot of teams. Where are you gonna remain floating and kind of semi relevant, or are you just gonna break and just you know the season's mathematically pretty close to done? And that's where Denver's at. So, Denver's covered three straight weeks. Um, this will be one where I think the quote-unquote professionals will be on Denver. I don't quite see it. Um, you know, I do think Houston has the edge with, with quarterback play here. And DeAndre Hopkins, to me, is the difference in this game. This guy's a bona fide superstar. Catch he made last week that they called back on the offensive pass interference was a joke. But we will see um, – what defensive line gets pressure in this game will probably uh, dictate the winner here, but this is this is a tough game to predict. Coin flip game. Yeah, this line opened up Pickham, uh, and I laid Denver at Pickham. It actually went all the way up to three, and then the trade I you know was announced, and the line has come back to one. And I disagree with you. I do know several uh, experts that are on Houston. Um, I would consider myself an expert, and I like Denver. Um, I think that, you know, Denver is a difficult place to go in and play, as you mentioned. Um, you know, the thinner air, the ball sails a little bit more. You're bringing in an unfamiliar, uh, you know, target uh, in uh, Demarius Thomas. And I, I, I think for Houston, it was a bad trade. Um, Demarius Thomas could have went into other offenses and really helped out. Like you said, they need a burner. 
They need somebody to go over the top like Will Fuller. They should have went after Deshaun Jackson. I don't understand it. He wanted to get out. Why don't you go get him? You bring in Demarius Thomas that's you know going to be a possession type of guy that will help. Um, I expect Von Miller to have a huge game here. Uh, you know, Houston, you've mentioned it a couple weeks ago, their pass protection is, uh, is, is not very good. Well, to go into Denver into a loud environment and the uh, probably the fastest guy in the NFL off the ball and Von Miller. I mean, that could create some serious problems. Lamar uh, Miller for Houston has been playing very well. Um, that's a little bit of a surprise for me. I don't expect him to pick it up. Looks like Denver's offense now is just going through Lindsey. I know Freeman's been dinged up. For all you fantasy football owners, I think you can almost drop him at this point, uh, Freeman. I mean, Lindsey has, has been solid. Um, and who I expect to have a good game here is, uh, and in fantasy football, if you're talking about it, is uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, they use an early second-round uh, draft pick. Go get uh, I'm expecting a big Sutton game. Yes, go get him on the waiver wire. I expect him, too. They said he's been outstanding in practice, and they have another uh, wide receiver Denver's going to be employing this week, too. Um, can't think of it uh, off the top of my head, but he's going to be uh, involved, too. I-, I think Denver's more trustworthy in this spot. I think that Denver actually has a really good team. I- I'm not a big fan of Case Keenum. Um, but I think they have talent. Uh, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is a really good wide receiver. Um, he throws the ball, too. Um, so I, I think Denver uh, in this spot probably is going to make my card. All right, let's move along. Um, next up, we are going to talk about the Seahawks and the Chargers. We got Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks hosting the Chargers coming off their trip to London and a bye week. The Seahawks are a two-point favorite. Uh, Lip, take this one. Yeah, I love this game here. Um, I love the Chargers. I, I don't know if I'm I'm a little off on Seattle. I was way off them uh, last week. That was uh, I had one of my best NFL weeks of all time last year with teasers and straight games, and Detroit was the only one that was a mess. Um, but Seattle here, I, I'm having trouble figuring them out. Um, it seems like every touchdown they get is a bounce off a shoulder, or they're bringing a tight end in now that gets two touchdowns. Um, I don't know how long that can last. Um, the Chargers, to me, are an automatic play if Melvin Gordon's healthy. Uh, you know, he's been out for since the London game. You know, they came out late. He didn't play that week. They sat out the bye week, and he's been off all this week, not really getting in and practicing much. I think he's in good condition, so I don't think that's an issue. But I do hope that he's healthy. Um, they, you know, he's a huge component to this offense with Eckler that I've been mentioning. Phillip Rivers playing at Pro Bowl uh, level. And the defense, I think, is slightly underrated. Um, so I think the Chargers here are a play uh, straight up, and I think the Chargers here are a teaser play at seven uh, and a half or more. So I'm on the Chargers in this game, Scoop. Yeah, I do think this is a good uh, teaser spot for the Chargers. I do question how they're going to start in this game. It's a team that struggled with uh, first quarter production. They fixed that a little bit this year, but Rivers, perpetual slow starter. Seattle coming off a big win back home, fired up crowd. And uh, I think with the Seattle team, you know, what you forget is, you know, this is prime Russell Wilson in a fa- in a flag football league that that is the NFL, and this guy throws people open. You know, you could make the argument that when Russell is really clicking, nobody does it better in the league right now than him. And with this Seattle team that is so well coached defensively, you know, starting to get a little bit healthier in the front seven, um, you know, made life difficult on on Stafford with a couple confusing looks and and Stafford fell for him even being the veteran that he is Stafford just you know really was not on last week but that game turned last week on the the fumble on the kickoff return from from Detroit Detroit wasn't the worst handicap in the world last year I still think it was um the professional side for a reason but this Seattle team is smelled like hot garbage last week Detroit no but this Seattle team they're 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 in a high confidence uh spot and and the Chargers are in a in a spot where offensively we haven't quite seen him explode. You know, Keenan Allen having a really quiet year. This is a game where I think he could reemerge as one of the league's best. But I'll tell you the one thing capping these games this week that stood out to me that made me really question my perception of the team was this first off, this Charger team. This is who they played so far. They give up thirty eight to Kansas City. They play Buffalo. They give up 35 to the Rams. They play San Fran, Oakland, Cleveland, Tennessee. I mean, th- this schedule is just very cupcakey. And Buffalo has done pretty much. Ne- I mean, I think they scored 20 total points the last three weeks combined. 
They scored 20 points on this Charger defense without Joey Bosa. And when you look at a Charger defense that, like, to me, the two biggest surprises in the NFL this year, well, I didn't know Bosa wasn't going to play till week 10, whatever it's going to end up being, but the Carolina offensive line and the Charger defense are two of the biggest surprises to me. And this Charger defense is exploitable. I think this game has a chance to be very similar to the Seattle-Houston game from last year where it's just a bona fide shootout back and forth. Seattle goes up 10-14-0. Phil Rivers says, screw this, let's go win the game. He comes back and they just go back and forth and this game's in the high 30s and it's a 38-35 type of game and whoever touches it last wins. Um, I could see 34-31, 38-35 Seattle. I'm starting to lean a little Seattle because of the start. I think that first quarter is going to be tough to overcome for the Chargers. I still think the teasers get there with the Chargers. But um, this Charger defense is exploitable, and no quarterback in the NFL is scarier when he's clicking than Russell Wilson. And one quick thing here uh, for me, uh, the Chargers offensive line has been playing outstanding. So make sure that you're, you're keeping an eye on that. And the one thing for Seattle – is this Chris Carson is coming in and giving some toughness. And uh, Seattle's offensive line since they lost, uh, or offensive uh, running backs, I'm sorry, since Lynch was gone, they haven't replaced that. So that worries me a little bit. But again, after everything you said, I like the Chargers, and I'm on the Chargers this week. Liking the Chargers. All right, moving on. Let's uh, tackle, yeah, let's tackle uh, Saints hosting the 8-0 Rams in the Superdome with the Saints posted as a one and a half point favorite. Um, you want to take this one? I'll right. take this Go one. <clears throat> I've had a good feel on the Saints all year, and uh, I've had a, a good uh, feel on the Rams all year. And the total in this game is 59 and a half, 60. It's an, if you like offense, it's an automatic tune-in. With that being said, this game's going to be in New Orleans, and people would say, well, there's a difference. I like New Orleans. That's the exact opposite of what I'm thinking. I like the Rams. This is a fast track. Cooper Cup's coming back. Uh, the Rams have picked up uh, Dante Fowler, which is a nice addition on that defense to get some huge, swagger. Huge addition. Yeah, to get this, some some swagger. This guy was a top five pick. I know. They're, they had no edge rusher, and if Fowler gets motivated around Sue and Donald, which I expect him to be, you know, now with championship aspirations, Fowler could put them over the top and steal this NFC. I agree. You know, I and you know, the Rams are down a couple corners, but New Orleans has been, you know, utilizing their offense differently. You know, they have Kamara and they have uh, Mark Ingram. I told you about Taysom Hill, so they're doing a lot of things, you know, methodically down the field. You know, well, they're playing really, you know, detailed football. They're getting mismatches on teams and exploiting them to take advantage of that. Well, it's not going to matter in this game because this game's going to be a track, you know, shootout in the Rams. Along with Kansas City, I'm taking over anybody in those teams. Jared Goff gets the ball in and out quickly. You know, like I said, Cup's coming back. Nobody's playing better than Gurley. And uh, I just think the Rams have too much offense in this particular week later in the season when things in the possessions and stuff mean more. I think I may like New Orleans more, but I like the Rams this week. Yeah, I've hinted at a couple totals that I got my eye on, but I'm just going to give this one out right now. Um, to my clients, we'll be uh, receiving this here um, probably later today. But I am on the over. This is this is a bona fide shootout, and the key here is is the Saints are going to be without Marcus Davenport, their defensive end. This guy's a game changer. Um, New Orleans has been top two against the run this season, and I think without him, Kamara's questionable gonna, they're gonna too. Drop. Yeah, Kamara's questionable, but that's just a tag. I mean, he's 100% playing. He hasn't been playing and, at Gurley's level lately. And he will, he will flirt with around. I would I think both running backs will flirt with 10 catches in this game. Both quarterbacks are going to uh, look like bona fide superstars. This is a 35-34 who gets the ball last type of game. I do lean to the Rams. This is a bit of a revenge game for the Saints. and I mean, this game's for home field in the <laughs> NFC. I don't think New Orleans is scared to go into L.A. for the NFC Championship. No, the Rams are it, getting home field which regardless. Is, which is still what I think is going to happen. I think this Ram team goes 14-2, and 15-1, uh, goes to the NFC Championship and gets their hard tripped out by Drew Brees. But for this Sunday, I think that this is a better spot for the Rams in a game where their offense, I mean, first hit that, that, that game against Green Bay, their offense played one of their worst first halves of the season, you know, the worst first half since Sean McVay's become a Ram coach, and they were still able to get to 29. So 
Both these teams average right over 32. The public's looking at this game and just saying, oh, it's, it's just too many, you know. Like, people are scared to lay over 60. And I think because of that, you know, it's going to be about only about 55, 60% on the over. And in the end, both offenses with running backs that can convert third and fours into first downs with catches, I think we see uh, a lot of points. I think the Rams have the edge here early in this game. Saints coming off of a couple emotional taxing games. It's just tough to keep getting up week after week after week. The Saints have been through a lot lately. The Rams, meanwhile, haven't been through as much. I think the Rams are going to be up more for this game early. Maybe 10, you know, similar to what I just said about Seattle Chargers, where Rams go up 10-0, 14-0, and then Breeze flips the switch like Rivers will, gets back in the game. Then we get a classic shootout, and uh, the team that got off to the fast start holds on late by a field goal. Yeah, two quick things here. I think Brandon Cooks has a huge game. You know, he's from here. He was traded. You know, he went to New England and worked out okay. He comes back here. I think he has a gigantic game. And then moving over to uh, New Orleans, you know, you you were saying that it's a huge pickup of uh, Eli Apple. You know, for them, I think he's going to be a he's going to be a disservice in this game. This is going to be a quick game. He's you know may not know all the you know the verbiage and you know in the games here when it's moving along quickly and you know there's head shaking and in these types of things and he gets exploited on a game or a play for you know six quick and i just think the rams in this game have more weapons to get up and down the, the field quicker they will score a lot i i'm not playing the over that's fine that you like it i i don't think new orleans may score in the 30s in this game for me personally I just think the Rams are the play here. You know, if you saw that Minnesota offense last week, DeFilippo was drawing up some plays, and he, those receivers were getting very open last week, even with Eli Apple yeah. out there. And Sean McVay will make John DeFilippo look like a yeah, kin- fast kindergartner. Fast track here. Fast yeah. track with Goff getting it in and out quickly to these yeah. weapons. Look out. 35-34 Rams. I like the Rams. All right, moving on. We got Aaron Rodgers taking on Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, Patriots six-point favorite here. You can take this one. Yeah, absolutely. Is Gronkowski healthy? I mean, I don't care what it says on the injury report. He doesn't look healthy to me. And this team's not the same without him. Josh Gordon was supposed to be suspended for the first quarter by Ian Rappaport or whatever. He played from the beginning. So, um, and he doesn't look, you know, like Randy Moss when he came into the system and he's this explosive guy every single field down, play down the field. I mean, New England's, you know, work week is is very methodical, very boring. And you better get used to it because you're going to do the same thing every single week. And I don't know if Josh Gordon is fully bought into that yet, but it's a long season. He has a ton of talent. I mean, he can break out any single time at a quarter, a play, a half, a game. He can break it wide open. But let's go back to last week with in Buffalo. This game will be at home for New England, but New England didn't look like a, a top offense. And, you know, you could say all you want about Tom Brady. He's the best of all time, but he's not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Patrick Mahomes is. These guys are getting the ball out quicker, faster, um, you know, and they're scoring more than than Brady. Thinking quicker. It's a long season. You can't get injured. You got to, you know, take your time until you get in the playoffs. Then you can be the best. So the line here is what did you say it was uh, Flowers? It's five and a half, six, six, six. Six is too many. I mean, I, I thought going into the Monday night game that New England was going to be on my card and teasers for this Sunday night game. You know, for everybody to be excited about and just take New England to win outright. I don't trust it anymore. I haven't put a dollar down on it, and I won't. And if I do play the game, it's going to be on Green Bay plus the points. There's just too many question marks on the offensive side of the ball for, for New England right now. I mean, I, I love Sony Michel. He's a punch up the middle that they have. They didn't have him last game. You know, so they, they become more dimensional with Brady back there, and I don't want him getting cracked around. So, you know, I'm taking Green Bay plus the points if I'm playing it. I do not think it will get on my card, but I lean that side. I think this game is decided by the tight ends in the red zone between Graham and Gronk, who makes the plays. Um but this Green Bay defense last week, coming out of their bye week, they get Jair Alexander back. He plays probably the best defensive secondary performance of the season. Had five pass breakups. Absolutely just dominated yeah, Brandon Yeah, that Cook. defense should have beat the Rams the, the, outright. This, this team's completely different with him back on the field. This guy's a potential shutdown corner in this league. But to me, ha Clinton Dix is a leader. This is a kid that won a national championship at Alabama. He's a winner. And now you trade him. I don't know what that says to the organization, to the defense, to the team. It throws off the vibe a little bit. This is a game where both quarterbacks are going to take this game very, very personally. Both defenses are very exploitable. I'll just say that Mitch Trubisky had himself a day against this team. Kansas City did. Indy did. Detroit did. Um, you know, Buffalo last week 
you know, we've seen this Buffalo offense. They can't score on, you know, a fourth-grade defense. So I think this is a spot where New England reminds the public what they saw in the Super Bowl. This defense isn't very good, and Rodgers will find ways to exploit it. I think this game comes down to the last three minutes. I could see it decided by three, four, seven. I just don't think Brady um, lets him lets Rodgers take this from him. But wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay won this game outright. Um, lean to the over a little bit here. I think this is a shootout where both quarterbacks um, have very good matchups against defenses that are flawed. Yeah, I think that Green Bay's gotten healthier on offense, too. You know, Cobb's back. Uh, Geronimo Ellison should be back from the concussions and all the things and be healthy. Um, I think Green Bay's, you know, healthier, and you did say they came the, out of the bye week. The one thing about New England not giving this game away that, that makes me feel a little bit more confident is the pressure that Casey's applying on New England because home field advantage for the AFC Championship is monstrous. Oh, this it season. is. It, it is. It's, it probably defines who plays in the Super Bowl. And with Kansas City just rolling week in and week out, especially if... I don't uh, think Kansas City is the same team. Now, either. if Cleveland upsets Kansas City, that could throw a little wrinkle in this game. Pittsburgh could win it all. But if Kansas City wins again against Cleveland, um, I, you know, New England late finds a way. I, I think something along the lines of uh, 34-27 New England. Yeah, I think the thing with New England, if you do like them, um, you know, the teasers and stuff that I always like. But in this particular game, as a top team, I can't think of, you know, many more teams than New England that let teams come back and backdoor cover. So you always have to worry about that with New England. So you're going to give me five or six points it is in this game. I'm taking Green Bay if I'm playing it. It may make my card. It may not. We'll see. All right. Moving on. We got uh, Monday Night Football. Cowboys hosting the Titans. Uh, Cowboys are a six, six and a half point favorite here. Scoop, how you feeling? Yeah, this is interesting because Tennessee's coming off their bye week. Offense has been one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL. I think they will get back to the drawing board. Vrabel will get more involved, figure out some things, try to get Deion Lewis more involved. He had a good game against the Chargers before the bye. Um, quietly, that running game actually had a really strong game against the Chargers. That offensive line appears to be getting more healthy after having both tackles miss early in the season. This line makes no sense to me. Um, clearly, the professional money is on Dallas in this game, and I get why um, from a standpoint of their defense is very good, and they're going to be able to get pressure on Mariota. This is Mariota's first game in Dallas since the national championship game when he got beat by Ohio State. So a little, little sour taste in his mouth as far as that's concerned, but this Dallas defense is for real. Um, they add Amari Cooper to the offense. Should be interesting to see how that works out. This game is going to be... Just really interesting to see how things play out. From a side perspective, I, I can make a case for both teams. Don't really love either side. Um, but I do expect us to get the best effort from both teams, and it should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be high energy for Dallas in this game. Yeah. You know, the division is... Um, huge game for both teams. Tennessee is its not a huge game for them. They stink. All right, Dallas, it's... Wait, a, wait, 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 wait. So because they stink, it's not a big game for them? How does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense because they don't have a lot of talent, and um, they're not going anywhere. So <laughs> Dallas is oh, that, in a, that, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Dallas is in a division where they're they're pumped up for this game. You know, it's a little bit different. Have you been watching Marcus Mariota during the headlights, remember? You know, he's a little scared out there on the field, not super excited. That's yeah, what no, I'm talking I, about. I don't think Mariota's a very – like, this is interesting because both quarterbacks are not natural passers. They're just natural oh, athletes. Oh, Dak Prescott is, is hands down from the pocket one of the worst in the game. Yeah, He's, no. Ne- neither quarterback's very comfortable throwing. They're not both, from the pocket. They're, they're not. They're, they're both, all, because they're bad at it. Yeah, they're both, both of them. They're are both athletes that have kind of taught themselves how to throw. Yes, but and a couple years yeah. ago that worked, but now it's you know yeah. it's a passing the league and changing. exactly. Amari Cooper, you bring in maybe a number one, very good football player here, but you don't have a number one quarterback from the pocket. That being said, I'm throwing all that out the window for this week because, like you you originally stated, Dallas's defense at home is excellent. Yeah. And, that, you that's know, the difference in this game. That's what makes Dallas a good team. And game. the high energy level yeah. from them being the, the hope of being in the division with the Eagles. They made an addition now. I still think the Eagles will win that division. Maybe Washington. But Dallas has hope for now. And Sean Lee's back playing healthy. You know, offensively, you bring in a number one that I think will, you know, be a part of that this week. I like Dallas in teasers. I've used them in teasers. It's Monday night. Uh, some of you lowlifes that have to have action down are going to want action. Take Dallas in the teasers. Don't lay the points. If I had to play the game, I probably would take Dallas in this game. There's no way it's going to make my card. 
it goes back to what I always say. Weapons. The Titans have no weapons. Delaney Walker isn't on the field anymore. You know, yeah, they've done okay with the... You know, they, they played excellent, the Titans, in London against the Chargers on third down. They played fantastic. So that's why they kept it low scoring and methodically went down the field. But if they're going to get in any sort of scoring... I mean, the Titans can't get into any scoring games. They just don't have the weapons. So, I mean, I like Dallas and teasers, and that's all for me. I'm right there with you. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our best bets of the week, fellas. Uh, scoop lip. I mean, which one? I'll go first on go ahead. Um, My best bet, genuinely, what is, is uh, probably the over in New Orleans, the Rams game. But for, yeah. for the Super Contest perspective... Uh, I'll take Cleveland plus eight as my best bet. I like uh, I like the Steelers. Uh, they're getting three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're getting three. I like the Steelers in this one. Uh, rival game. Um, better better record. I'm just looking at that, and that's what I'd go with. I like that. I'm going to probably have them on my card as well, so I'll be cheering for you there. This is a before we sign off here there's six games on buys six teams on buys this week this is a very difficult week is you know we've been running good just make sure that everybody's a little bit careful this week my number one pick of the week is going to be the rams at new orleans like it like it love it all that shit uh good session wonderful conversation and uh hopefully we can touch some numbers this weekend fellas peace